Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West. My name is Riley. And I am Isaiah, and we've got a great show today. It's Topic Thunder, as Wednesdays be. Topic Thunder! Topic Thunder! And uh, Riley's going to let us know the topics which we will be perusing today. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about overlanding, which is kind of just like extreme camping in a car, but it's not car camping. Isaiah's going to explain it a lot better than I ever could. We're also going to talk about the wonders of the world, the old ones, the new ones, the natural ones, the man-made ones. It's going to be good. And Christmas, when should you celebrate it? And if you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, maybe we'll talk about that too. But, we might. Uh, that's what Isaiah and I celebrate is Christmas. So it's mainly we our topic Christmas. of discussion. But let's jump back to overlanding. Let's start off with a, a description because I'm still a little confused. Yes. Okay. So overlanding is more of a niche hobby, I think, but it's gained a lot more relevance in the past several years. And basically the premise of overlanding is it's for people who like four-wheel drive vehicles and off-roading. And it's also for people who like camping. And it's also for people who like adventure and travel. And it's mostly for people who like buying a lot of obscure gear and then talking about it with their friends which to be honest most hobbies are that so it fits in well but the basic premise of overlanding is you take your off-road vehicle your jeep or your bronco or your suzuki or what have you and you upgrade it into this one-stop shop base camp type vehicle so the goal is to travel around the country through the wildernessy parts and kind of camp out of your car and go on off-road trails and kind of see the world, but doing it without, you know, staying in hotels or without driving on the highway as much as possible and basically just going over land. Um, and so there's uh. lots of different, le- yeah, there it is. There's lots of different ways people do this like some people will just go and kind of car camp for the weekend and some people will you know work remotely full time and this is just their lifestyle they kind of live this way some people will do it like across continents like i know of one guy who i can't remember if he quit his job or just started working remotely but he shipped his jeep from wherever he was to africa and then drove around Africa for two years with just his Jeep, like, and he had his Jeep rigged out, and he lived in his Jeep for two years, and just the goal was to travel and to see and really kind of experience the wilderness and the country in the kind of rawest way you can while also getting around quickly. So, um, but yeah, that's the the basics of it is it's, you know, it's it's car camping, but it's off-roading, but it's also kind of traveling and stuff like that. Um, So I... I'm kind of new to this hobby, but I'm I'm definitely involved in it. And Riley will know that I have a rooftop tent, which is just a, a tent that you put on your roof. Um, it's kind of in the name, but that's, roof of your that's car. a bit yeah, the roof of your car. Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of uh, that's a big part of overlanding is your your vehicle is kind of the the heart of your camp it's kind of the the brain of the whole thing right because you're using it to get around but you're also 
you know, cooking out of it. You're also sleeping in it. You're doing all of your life tasks with your car, um, which definitely differs a lot from, you know, backpacking or normal camping because you'll have lots of different gear kind of spread out. And with backpacking, you're living out of the backpack. So it's small. Overlanding is really, and that's where it's related to RVing is it's really kind of gear heavy. And there's a lot of stuff you can buy and improve and tweak and it's it's a good hobby for tinkers and stuff um and so this this topic might be a little bit of me trying to convince you to get into overlanding but it's also <laughs> just going to kind of be a, uh, a a discussion about it um i'd like to hear what your opinions are on it and also just kind of introducing it maybe to everyone and talking about it and it's something that i have found really fun um kind of supplementing my camping and hiking and stuff like that so um I'll give a little bit of kind of background on how I got into it and what I've done. And then maybe we can talk about like, there's some, there's some people who go like all out and I'd love to talk about some of these things. Um, but basically I've only done this, I don't know, three times maybe. And Riley's actually done it with me too. Like we went up to Wyoming together and mm -hmm. we did some star photography and that's like that very basic. Times. Yeah, that was, it was fun, but that's very basic. Cause we, you know, it was just one night. And it was just in one spot and we just kind of set up. So that's almost more like car camping. But the thing that makes it overlanding, in my opinion, is our tent was attached to the to the Jeep. And so we slept in our car and we, you know, poured water out of our car and we stored all our stuff in the car. And it was all like one self-contained package. Um, mm -hmm. And so the th that's part of the thing that I find the most interesting about it and the most kind of fun to me because camping is great and I like doing that away from the car a lot. Like it's nice to just get out into nature. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's nice to just kind of be away and relax. And I see this as something different because you're not as detached from, you know, society or from modern technology. But a lot of the fun of this is kind of building the system and like setting up everything beforehand and you know modifying your car to to make it a self-contained package and a lot of people will go all out and you know they'll install like a 12 volt fridge in their jeep or their wow. forerunner or whatever and that way they can have like frozen and um refrigerated foods and they'll install sometimes water tanks sometimes they'll put in like extended range fuel tanks so they can go farther um they'll put in solar systems with batteries that are extra so they can charge their phones or their laptops or whatever um and part of the reason this hobby's taken off in the past couple of years is because of the whole the van life movement i guess you would say or the i mean it, it used to be called other things like rvs have been a thing for a long time and people like living on the road and working remotely and traveling as a lifestyle has been a thing for a long time but I feel like that whole thing has kind of come to prominence with, you know, Instagram influencers and millennials not being able to afford houses and, you know, all that kind of stuff where people have been, mm -hmm. you know, finding the freedom of, hey, we can like get a job just working online and then not be stuck in one spot and go and see the world and kind of explore and have adventures and live life like in a minimal kind of cheap adventurous way, which to me, like, I don't know if I could ever do that, at least where I'm at at this point in my life but it sounds awesome like the idea of not necessarily being tied down by things or places and more just kind of like your attachment being um 
the people that you love or like where you're at in the world or like what kind of environments you love. And it sounds awesome just to be able to be like, oh, next week I really want to go to the beach. So I'm just going to drive to the beach. I'm going to camp <laughs> on the beach for like a week and just work from there, you know? So I think that's one of the biggest draws to this hobby is it's something that you can kind of live that lifestyle in and generally i mean it's way cheaper than like you know flying and getting hotels and stuff like that so what are your thoughts on all of that now that my ramble is over yeah i think as a hobby or a a method of vacation it sounds really awesome one of my favorite things that I did all year was our stargazing trip in Wyoming. Yeah. It was only a day and granted it's 2020, so that's not saying that much, but it was still super awesome <laughs> and I would love to do it again and I think we'll plan on doing that again sometime. Mm-hmm, for sure. But it was really cool and I loved the concept of having everything in your car and the rooftop tent is super easy to set up and everything is compact and self-contained and is actually really comfortable, like more comfortable than ground tent camping, I think. So I'm, I like this as an idea for uh, if you're into camping or wilderness exploring or um, dispersed camping or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The idea that it would be a replacement for van life or if you were going to live um, a nomad life or something like that and that you would literally just live out of your two-door Jeep for a year or something like that and have to stop wherever you stop to fill up your huge container of water and shower at truck stops and your whole life is just being tethered to gas stations sounds yeah. a little much for me and probably a little much for almost everyone except for those super free spirits out there. Right. So I'm not really interested in it as a lifestyle and I think most people would agree with me, but it as a concept is super, super cool and I think a lot of people would be into it. My main drawback here is just the enormous cost associated with it. I mean, you literally have to buy a specific kind of car just to get into yeah. this hobby. Right. Yeah. It's not one of those, like you just stumble into it kind of hobbies. You kind of have to set out to do it. Um, unless you already own like a yeah. truck or something and then you might stumble into it. But yeah, I would agree. I mean, I don't, I think there's very few people who could do it long term. And like this guy who, whose YouTube channel I follow, he lived in it for like two years, but he was, like vlogging about it this was like his full-time income was like doing this youtube series and he's kind of like a documentary filmmaker type dude um mm-hmm. and his jeep was like he was kind of one of the like obviously he's living in it so he could go over the top with it so he had a four-door jeep wrangler and um he had a replacement hard top which is made by a company called ursa minor and it basically just replaces the whole roof of the jeep with a pop-up tent and so it's kind of like a mix between a rooftop tent and like a, I don't know, like a pop-up camper. Um, and then he had kind of modified the frame of the Jeep to make it so that he could stand up in the back. So he had his two front seats and then in the back he had stripped everything out 
and put in like cabinets and a sink and a stove and a heater and storage and um, oh, wow. just like this cooking space. And so it basically looks like a normal Jeep and he can still like go places that a Jeep can go and do all the off-roading and kind of get around Africa. But then when he sets up camp, he just like gets out and pops the top and the top goes up, you know, another four feet. And then it's got like a bed space up top and then you can pull the bed out and then just you can fully stand up. It's like seven foot of headroom and you can cook and you can clean. Wow. But really the 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 draw of this, I think, is it's not for people who are going to want to spend all their time, you know, inside doing inside stuff, which to an extent is also true mm -hmm. with the van life stuff. Right. Because if you're no matter how luxurious it is, it's still a small confined space and you're yeah. still going to like go stir crazy so fast. And this lifestyle is really aimed at people who love being outdoors and like the only thing they need their vehicle for necessarily is you know cooking and sleeping and then everything else is like oh we're gonna go hiking or kayaking or biking or whatever and this yeah. i feel like is easy for most people to do as a weekend thing but you really have to have that lifestyle of we're going to do outdoor activities every day and we're going to like love being outdoors. And that's kind of our whole thing. Because for me, like I love doing it on the weekends and it's a fun thing to like buy gear and build out the Jeep and kind of do stuff like that. But so many of my other hobbies and my other things that I enjoy doing require like an apartment or a house, you know, like I like playing video games and how are you going to power a computer and a TV or I like, you know, binging netflix and you can do that but it's going to be less luxurious as it is in a house you know and i like right working on you know motorized things and obviously i could work on my jeep but it's not like i can have like a dirt bike or something else with me so there's a lot of things that i do and my lifestyle isn't fully devoted to just living an outdoorsy life you know so i feel like i would agree with you i can't fully get into that right and you're the rest of your whole life has to be about that too. I mean, you have a, the perfect car and a rooftop tent and some other good gear to make this happen, but you've said that you've only done this three times. Yeah. So you you have to make this like your one and only hobby that you dedicate every weekend to and you probably have someone else in your life that you do this with as well. So it it's it's a very high um commitment kind of hobby uh-huh it really is it has to it's be almost a not even a hobby yeah yeah it's, a it's like your life which i mean there's a reason so many people who do this are either retired or in their 20s you know it's because super rich most, 20s yeah most well and i mean i've seen people who do it so cheap too you know like some people spend two thousand dollars on a 90s jeep and like just put a tent on top and total there maybe at like four grand which is still a lot of money but if you're like living in it or it's your only hobby like if it's your only thing that you like to do that's not that much money you know a lot of people spend a lot more on a lot of other hobbies most people spend that much on you know starbucks in a year so it's it's not not awful oh. comparably but it's it's definitely one of those things where i feel like it can be your lifestyle but only for a while um I don't I don't know of anyone who would do this as a like long-term hobby lifestyle type thing for their whole life. You know because you could do it in your 20s, but then at some point you're probably going to want to like 
you know, get married and then you have to find someone who also loves doing it. And then you mm-hmm. might have kids at some point. And then once you have kids, it's like either extremely difficult or you're going to give it up, you know. So I'm going to stick with it remaining a hobby. <laughs> and I don't think I'll move into my Jeep. As fun as it might sound, I think I would get sick of it after like a week and a half. And I'd be wishing <laughs> yeah. for my couch and my shower and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. If you were going to have a family, you would need a caravan probably. You would need like three Jeeps. Your kids yeah. would need to learn to drive when they're like seven. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have their own Jeep. That sounds great. I wish I had a Jeep when I was seven, but it probably wouldn't have been the best <laughs> for me. <laughs> that would not have worked out well. Uh, but then on the other hand, I say that and then I saw this YouTube video today of this custom made, I don't even know what to call it. It was basically like an 18 wheeler and they called it like an overlanding vehicle, but it was really just like, a freaking huge RV with like off-road tires and like four-wheel drive or six-wheel drive. It was oh. a six-wheeler. Um, but this thing had like the the specs that it had a full bathroom, a full kitchen, 10 bunk beds, and it was two-story. So it had like this weird shell that when you were parked, oh the shell could like extend up and make a whole nother story on top. So there's like beds on the top level and then downstairs there's like a living room, there's TVs, there's couches, there's a full bathroom with a bath. Like it's just this hardcore, like insane thing. And it looked nicer than my house. And I I think I could get behind the lifestyle if I had that. Yeah, maybe. It's like driving around in a really weird pimped out limo or i guess no not like a limo at all i don't know it's not like anything i've ever heard of yeah it's like i mean kind of like an rv but just i don't to be honest i don't think i don't think (laughs) it could be a limo too but to be honest i don't i don't think with this kind of thing at that point you're basically living in an rv you know i don't think that's overlanding as much because the places you're going to fit, you know, a 60,000 pound, 40 foot RV are not going to be, you know, off-roady or wildernessy at all. But I digress. Right. Yep, exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, now that we've talked about that, I kind of want to go camping. <laughs> Just in time for the snow. I know. Well, I might brave it at some point. I've got a rooftop tent oh. after all. Uh, but anyway, shall we move on and talk about other parts of our world? Maybe wondrous parts of our world. Yes. Well, to be fair, I would argue that where we camp is a wondrous part of the world, but not I would too. Not really according to like the these lists that people make. So you've probably heard of the wonders of the world. There, you know, people like to talk about what the wonders of the world are and Usually they're listed in sevens, probably because that's like a, a, uh, is it a, is it a biblical number or a an even number or it's not an even number but a it's like catchy. a perfect number or whatever it's called it just like fits yeah so the original seven wonders of the world are sometimes called the seven wonders of the ancient world and they are um, the pyramid of Giza. The Colossus of Rhodes, which was in Rhodes, Greece, which is the name of an island. And that was like a statue of a guy 
standing over two islands, so you had to sail underneath the guy's legs to get to Rhodes. Oh, yeah. You maybe have seen an illustration of it. By the way, the only one of these things that's left is the Pyramid of Giza. The rest of these are gone. Um, The next one is the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which was in Babylon, which is present-day Iraq, Um, which I I guess was just like really cool gardens. Uh, nice. The Lighthouse of <laughs> Alexandria, which is a really big lighthouse in Alexandria, Egypt. The Mausoleum of Halicarnassus, which is in modern-day Turkey. Uh, the Statue of Zeus at Olympia in Olympia, Greece, which is just a big statue of Zeus. And the Temple of Artemis in Ephesus, which is in present-day Turkey. Um, so basically all of these were in Turkey, Egypt, Iraq, or Greece. And they were all, almost all of them were allusions to some sort of mythology, either Roman or Greek or Egyptian mythology. And like I said, all of them except for the pyramids of Giza are gone. And this this list is just a reference list that was something written about in the Museum of Alexandria, which is that that library, the Library mm-hmm. of Alexandria that was burned. Um, so nowadays we try to make lists of more middle-aged stuff or modern-age stuff. And the typically accepted m- list of quote-unquote modern wonders of the world is the catacombs in Egypt, which I didn't know there were catacombs in Egypt. I only knew about the catacombs in Paris. Yeah, those are but, definitely the famous ones. But I feel like you could almost call any tunnel a catacomb. Is I think the only like official thing to make it a catacomb is they had to use them for burial, right? So it's like a, a burial tunnel. So. These ones are called, I'm probably going to butcher this, the catacombs of Com el Shokwafa in Alexandria, Egypt. Um, most of the rest of these I've heard of, though. The Colosseum in Rome, the Great Wall of China, um, Hagai Sophia in Istanbul. I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Um, the Porcelain Tower of Nanjing, which I did look up. And it, it's like a, a huge tower that was built in the Middle Ages and was torn down. This is in China. Um, it was torn okay. down in, I think they said, it was either the 1800s or the 1900s as a it was a, associated with some sort of political movement. It was torn down, but it had been there for like a thousand years. Dang. And then Stonehenge. Um, sometimes the Taj Mahal is thrown in there and replaces one of those ones that Americans have not heard of as much. But there's all sorts of other lists, like the American Society of Civil Engineers. You know how I feel about associations. They created a <laughs> list. Um, USA Today made a list, like who cares what they think. Um, there's a list of the seven, seven natural wonders of the world. So just, you know, things that nature made crazy, how nature does stuff like that. And then there's lists that this group called new seven wonders had people vote on and they created lists like the wonder, the new wonders of the world and the new wonders of nature and the new wondrous cities and the new underwater wonders and the new wonders of the industrial world, and the new wonders of the solar system. 
And some of these lists, are, I'm like, who cares about the underwater? It feels like BuzzFeed. <laughs> I know. Like I'm looking at the list of the underwater wonders and I've only heard of one of them, the Great Barrier Reef. And the rest of them, oh, no, I've heard of the Galapagos Islands. But that those aren't underwater. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I've heard of Lake Baikal, too. Anyway, this isn't, this isn't about how much I know about what's underwater. <laughs> this is about the <laughs> wonders of the world. So I wanted to go over the list of what apparently okay. the rest of the world has agreed is like should be the modern wonders of the world. And by modern okay. is a very loose definition because, I mean, some of these things were built like 2,000 years ago or more. Right. So on this list is the Great Wall of China. I think that's a fitting... It's um, pretty wondrous. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that that's not on more of these lists, but I suppose some of them are like only nature can make it on this list. Right. Um, Petra, have you heard of Petra? You mean the rock band from... <laughs> yes, I've heard of Petra. I think the <laughs> rock band is named after this place. So it's a it's, it's in Jordan and it's carved into a cliff face or a. It's I think it's in a canyon. And... I'm going to click on this link. Hold on. I, I want to seem smart. Um, <laughs> so it's been there for thousands of years, but it's a it's an archaeological site. And yes, it, it is in a cliff at, near the Dead Sea. And I guess there have been inhabitants there, according to Wikipedia, f- since as early as 7,000 BC. Um, but people have lived there. And it's beautiful. If you have not seen Petra... Look up a picture of Petra, do yourself a favor, and just marvel at the fact that that has been there for thousands of years and that it was carved into a cliff face. But it's been an archaeological site. People have lived there. It at one time was the capital of the people who have lived there. And it's been a trading site of nomadic Arabs and other uh, people groups who have lived there. Uh, I thought that it was at one point a, like, had religious affiliations, but I could be wrong. But it's... It's uh, just this beautiful, like, it, do- it doesn't look real when you see it. And it's just a pretty fascinating, um, like, facade, but it's not a facade, carved into a, a, the cliff face of, or, yeah, I guess, valley face. Yeah, because it looks like they built a building, but it's just carved out of the cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I can't believe that they were able to do that, you know, 9,000 years ago or whatever it was. You yeah. said 7,000 BC? Um, I might have been looking at a different date of like when people groups were there. I don't know if that's when gotcha. it was Oh, not when it was built, just when people lived in the area. Gotcha. Yeah. Still though, I mean, that's great. Like stuff like that is crazy. I, th- I think it was, if I'm looking at the right thing, I think it was constructed around 100 BC. Okay, cool. That makes more sense. Um, the right. next on the list is Christ the Redeemer in Brazil, which was built in mm. 19 or opened in 1931. Um, I think that's cool. I've obviously I've not ever seen it. I've not been to it. I've heard it's actually really big, like taller than you would expect it to be. 
I'm assuming that's the giant Jesus statue in that's Rio. That's that statue of Jesus that's like yeah. opening his arms over Brazil. Yeah, it's huge. I've seen it or in R- the Fast Rio. and Furious movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My main um, personal association with Christ the Redeemer statue is of the, was it 2016 Rio Olympics? Yeah. But, you know, every commercial break, they would like do a helicopter Pan shot. over it, yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to. I don't know that that's like, if you can only put seven things in the whole wide world on this list, I don't know if I would put that on there personally, but whatever. I mean, it is, um, this says it's 100 feet high, excluding its 30-foot pedestal. Hmm. So 130 feet tall. It's pretty tall for a statue. Yeah, okay, well, I won't hate on Christ the Redeemer. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh. So the next the next thing on the list is Machu Picchu and that's in Peru and I'm going to have a, an honest ignorant moment here. The next two things are Machu Picchu and Chichen Itza and Chichen Itza uh-huh. is in Mexico uh-huh. and honestly I don't know that I could tell you the difference between those two. I know it's completely different <laughs> people groups and they were built like a thousand years apart but if you like put a picture of both of them together I don't think I could probably tell you the difference. Well, isn't Machu Picchu more of like a stepped, like they farmed on the steps kind of? Or am I am I wrong? Uh, we we maybe I'm looking at a Peru. picture of Chichen Itza and it's like a pyramid made of steps. Yeah. Like big well, I, steps. I think I don't know anything. I'm just gonna talk about what I think. Um <laughs> I think Machu Picchu was kind of like stepped farming terraces so it was kind of built into the hill and then they would have each of the steps is kind of farmland and so they could farm on that flat ground there so it was a way for them to like build farmland into these super steep hills whereas chichen itzu or chichen itza was like a i think it was a temple or a burial type thing that was more of like a, a building whereas machu picchu is more of like the whole hilly area and they farm there and stuff like that so i think that's the difference but they they are both pyramid type things yeah i'm looking at machu picchu now and it's not even what i was picturing in my mind it's like a whole city that had terraced farming and and it was i think it was famous partly because the whole city should have been washed off the hill because of the rain and the weathering that happens there but they figured out how to basically put up retaining walls and and farm successfully there. And it's and super was, high up, isn't it? I think so. I mean, it's in the... eight or 9,000 feet? It's in the Andes of Peru, kind of like where uh, Lana hangs out. So Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Good tie back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, yeah, I, I, should, I should really know more about Central and Southern American ancient culture, but... I just had to be honest there. Uh, the next on the list is the Colosseum in Italy. Mm-hmm. Classic. I feel like you can't leave that off the list. Yeah, that's wondrous. <laughs> and then uh, the Taj Mahal is on this list. This one created by that company or website or whatever. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven. And then the the Pyramids of Giza is an honorary candidate because huh. I don't know, it's a it's part of the original list, so they can't like leave it out. 
Um, I feel like those are all fine. I'm not like surprised by any of them. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to check out the Seven Wonders of the Solar System. Yeah, um, I mean, what what would they be? Well, this is just basically like us going through BuzzFeed lists with you guys. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, why don't you name something in the solar? I feel like there's only about seven things in the solar system, but that's just because I'm really dumb. <laughs> that we so, know of. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you name something in the solar system, and I'll tell you if it's on this list. Okay. Um, the sun. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the surface of the sun is one of the seven wonders of the solar system. I don't really know why, I guess just because it's like basically molten plasma all the time or something like that. Yeah, I mean, this is just a podcast about how ignorant and dumb we are. (laughs) Don't come here for facts, come here for fun. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the sun is one. Let me guess some more. Um, The Cupiter Belt. Mm. No. Oh wait, no. Uh, There's something else on Jupiter though. No, I said Cupiter. The Cupiter <laughs> belt. Yeah, it's. A, <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Maybe I'm dumb. It's like an asteroid belt. Uh, be Coop, less specific. Cooper belt. Coo- I don't know how to pronounce it. It's K U I P E R. Kuiper. No. Kuiper belt. But just. The asteroid belt in general is on the list. That's that's probably what it is. They probably couldn't add the specific name of the asteroid belt because then people like me say, what's that? Right. I don't know where that is. This is a dumb list. Okay, so well, I've got two for two then because I got the asteroid belt and the sun. We're just going to go. I'm going to try to guess them all. What else is in the solar system? (laughs) Earth? (laughs) Uh, Be more specific. What part of Earth? Uh, the North Pole. <laughs> you think that's wondrous? I don't know. I've never been there. You think in the whole wide solar system, the <laughs> vast emptiness of the North Pole? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. Then I guess I failed. I got two. <laughs> okay. They say the oceans of Earth is what? Wondrous. What? How is that better than the North Pole? I don't know. Maybe it's like. You know how people say that we know less about the ocean than we do about the solar uh-huh. system? So maybe that's kind of their reasoning. I watched a documentary on Amazon Prime um, with James Cameron, and apparently James Cameron, who's the director of like Avatar and stuff like that, also is like mm-hmm. super interested in deep sea stuff. And so he built his own submarine with a crew and then like well, took it into some of the deepest parts of the ocean, like with scientists and like basically financed research for them on the terms that he could go with them and like own the sub. So yeah, pretty interesting. I'm pretty sure that James Cameron is the one that uh, discovered or rediscovered or whatever you want to call it, the Titanic. Yeah, he has. He's been, he at least has dived there a bunch of times with his sub and taken researchers and stuff. And it's like James Cameron, if I'm not incorrect, directed Titanic. So maybe that's I, partly why he's in into it. I would I think believe that's you. Correct. I actually have never seen Titanic. What? I know it's crazy. Uh, you're correct. James Cameron did direct a Titanic, so nice. that makes sense. 
It all fits. Yep, it all, your story checks out. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to see. Okay, think about the industrial world, things that humans have made. Okay. Try to try to name something that we've built that you think would be on the list of the seven wonders of our industrial world, our greatest human accomplishments. The iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are more like uh, physical, like okay. creations. Machines. Okay. Um, no, not not machines. They're oh. like they're like uh, construction projects. Uh, the Eiffel Tower. No. I believe they were all built in the 19th and 20th centuries. No, or 20th and 21st centuries. Okay. Um, I might be wrong. I would have to say that I don't know. <laughs> okay. What, what do you think was like the biggest construction project that we've ever done as a species? Can you think of one? Uh, the Hoover Dam was pretty big. Yeah, that's on the list. Yeah. Nice. Um, other things that I know about on this list are the Panama Canal. Oh, yes. Uh, the transcontinental railroad system in the U.S. Um, the Brooklyn Bridge, which, I don't know, is that that big? I don't think it is. I, I mean, surely there are bigger bridges. I would say those bridges like in the Keys that go for like miles in the ocean are a bigger deal, but yeah, maybe they're less deep or something. I don't know. Who am I to question Deborah Cadbury of <laughs> who wrote the seven wonders of the industrial world published a book in 2003 that was also a seven part docudrama that aired on BBC. Anyway, that pretty official. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't question Deborah at all. <laughs> um, I did want to quickly touch on um, the American Society of Civil Engineers because their thing is just buildings. And they also list the Panama Canal. Apparently that was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, oh, it basically and, like cut the world in half yeah. for ships. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a pretty big deal. You know, um, the Burj Khalifa isn't on this list, and I thought that would kind of be a big deal. Is that still the tallest building? I thought they built something taller. They might have, but is I feel like the the tallest building, if they built something bigger than the Burj Khalifa, would have still been in Dubai. Tallest But the CN Tower, which is in Toronto, and was the tallest freestanding structure for like 30 or 40 years, um, is on this list. Uh, the Empire State Building is also on this list, which was the tallest structure for like 25 years. Um, the channel, the channel tunnel that goes... Uh, across or under the Strait of Dover between the UK and France is on this list. Oh yeah. I would love to go on that train. I think that it'd be cool. Amazing. I've seen a video of someone like driving their car and they're basically in a car in a train under the or in the channel. I feel like that would be kind of <laughs> uh claustrophobic but still cool. Yeah, that does. Also the word channel is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, those British people or French people. I bet the French have a different word for it. It's probably in French. Le Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> we ticked off oh, um, man. Canadians last week, so maybe yeah. it's the French's turn. 
on the bright side, no one in France listens to this according to our analytics. So yeah, we're good. So, so Le Chanel it is. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Did, uh, you got anything more about the wonders of the world? I feel like I need to go travel more because I've seen none of these. <laughs> I know. There's There were some other lists, like the most wondrous cities, and I didn't even want to touch them because I had never even heard of any of them and didn't want to Dang. show my full ignorance. Right. So Well, maybe we'll do a recap on this in like 10 years after we've traveled more and we can talk about the ones we've visited. Yeah, that's so, that sounds a lot more interesting than... Make sure you subscribe and follow us so that in 10 years you can find out more. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a Wonders of the World Part 2 with all of our personal adventures. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, speaking of traveling, let's travel on to our next segment, which is when... <laughs> do you like that segue? Yeah. When should you start celebrating Christmas? This is going to be... This could be, I mean, a heated topic. This is like the most important discussion we've had on the show. <laughs> well, what do you mean by celebrate? First to find that. Okay, that's fair. Um, let me phrase it this way. When does the Christmas season start? Like, when do you decorate? When do you start listening to Christmas music? When do you start setting your sights and attention and excitement on Christmas? Well, I have a multi-pronged response okay. because I have different I have different answers to all those questions that you asked, and I also Dang. feel that my personal perspective is not necessarily what the rest of the world or the rest of the country or whatever you want to say does do or should do. Um, so to answer your questions, I start listening to Christmas music or I allow myself to start listening to Christmas music Christmas music on November 1st. And so okay. I've listened to a bit here and there. I knew that we were talking about it today. So I listened to a couple of my favorite hits to get myself in the Christmas spirit again. Nice. Because it had been like a week or so and before since I listened to some. So I listened to it here and there before Thanksgiving just because I like it. But it's been like in the 70s here in DC so it just doesn't really feel like even fall let alone christmas time. Right. So not a lot here. I don't decorate until after Thanksgiving because I decorate with fall/Thanksgiving decorations. So those okay. have to be done before I decorate for Christmas. Right. Okay. As far as the like letting myself be anticipate letting myself anticipate it or be excited for it, uh, I start as early as I can because as I've gotten older, I realize that that's the actual excitement for Christmas and that Christmas Day itself is like fun, but you realize, dang, this is all kind of over now. It's the end, yeah. And I have to wait another 10 or 11 months for this to start happening again. So right. I really try to savor the anticipation now and let it happen and build up and just kind of sit in that anticipation as long as possible because turns yeah. out that's the best part of the Christmas season is right. the before all that stuff happens. Who would have thought? <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I guess I'm getting older and wiser because <laughs> like 14-year-old Riley would not have said that. I know. I remember like 
not sleeping on Christmas Eve because I was like so ready for yeah. it to be here. And I'd get up so early because I just wanted it to like happen. And now like I wake up on Christmas and I'm like, tomorrow's like back to normal and it's Boston Day <laughs> and I have to go back to work. And, you know, it's just being an adult shifts your perspective so much <laughs> on yeah. what is important in life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a whole other conversation. Tell me about your Christmas, your okay. responses to those questions. Okay, so I've always been very strict in that nothing Christmassy happens before Thanksgiving, and then everything goes into full swing immediately after Thanksgiving. So my thing was always the day after Thanksgiving is when you decorate, when you start listening to Christmas music. That's like the beginning of Christmas, but no sooner. However, this year with covid and how little fun and enjoyable things we've been able to do um we caved early this year and on the first <laughs> of november we put up our tree and our um really? lights and our christmas decorations and we watched some christmas movies and so we just like went full swing because there hasn't been a lot of other great things to happen this year and so we just needed some joy and we wanted our joyful season to lasted a little bit longer so i broke my hard and fast day after thanksgiving rule to try to save myself and save 2020 a little bit (laughs) you know i was talking to my friend susan shout out to susan about this concept and she she had told me the same thing that that other people were starting their christmas traditions earlier than normal i haven't seen that because i've just been like hunkered up in my little apartment in downtown DC and not a lot of people do that kind of thing here. Right. But I feel like if I were living in a more suburban or herb or like homey kind of place right now, I would have seen that too. And I agree with you. I think people just need a little extra life and cheer and yeah. something to look forward to, even if it does mean breaking your normal tradition and doing something a little bit unusual. Because, yeah, why not? I mean, if, if you know that in a couple of weeks you'll be doing something that'll make you happier, why not start it sooner when it's yeah. okay, but maybe not what you normally do? Yeah, I agree. So you've heard it here that it is officially okay to start decorating for Christmas now. And feel free to get in the mood. It is kind of hard, like you said, like it was 70 degrees here today and I was like, the tree's there. <coughs> oh, gosh. Apologies for sneezing into the microphone. Um, but anyway, the tree was up and I went outside and it was warm and there was no snow. And I was like, this is kind of weird, but it makes me happy. So I'm okay with it. And then I, you know, went about my day enjoying my decorations. So it was, yeah. it was nice. Yeah. I mean, whatever, but, whatever makes you happy, I suppose. Yeah. And you have to look forward to something this year because there's not been a lot of other great things. Speaking of things to look <laughs> yeah. forward to. Um, we are going to have a Christmas, uh, extravaganza, Lollapalooza, electric boogaloo, if you will. I think um, on our podcast copyrighted. Name. I like, oh, well, I was going to say I like that one, but whatever. We'll just bleep that out if we have to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're going to have a special Christmas episode on our podcast full of all things festive and merry and happy and joyful. Um, and that will be the week of Christmas. So it'll be our Wednesday episode, which is the 23rd. And we're just going to have a blast. 
And I can't tell you specifically what we're going to do yet because it's a surprise. Because as we've talked about, the anticipation is the best part. But stay tuned. We're going to have a blast. Yeah. It'll be warm and cozy and cheery and just uh, just a fun time hanging out on the week of Christmas. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, Put I'm it in your calendars if you want to. Put it on your reminders so that you'll get reminded. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. It's going to be fun. I've, I'm going to sit here at my desk and you'll be back in person, which will be great. We'll be recording together again. And I'm going to have hot chocolate and I'm going to have cookies and I'll probably wear like a sweater and some slippers and I'm just going to be all in the mood. It's going to be so great. Oh man, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to have some yeah. eggnog. Maybe it'll be spiked a little bit. And yeah. That'll be part of the Christmas special. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it'll special means. <laughs> it's special, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> special wink wink. Um, yeah, but that'll uh, be fun. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it and it's still a while away, but it's yeah, going to be well, a that's, time. That's the best part is the yeah, looking yeah, forward I'm to it. I'm anticipating it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll right, be good well, times. I think, I think that's going to about do it for us today. Mm-hmm. You want to take us out of here? Yeah. Thank you for listening to I Heard It on a Podcast. We've got new episodes on Mondays and Wednesdays and you can find them everywhere you get podcasts. If you like what you heard today and you know someone else who you think might like it too, send it their way and become best friends with them and listen to every podcast that we create for the rest of time. As yeah. always, you can reach us at IHeardItOnAPodcast at gmail.com. I think we should have a cocktail episode, but a Christmas cocktail. Like oh. We just make up Christmas cocktails and then kind of review them. And-